And God's people said, amen. Thank you. It's beautiful. I'm not used to preaching with people behind me, so I <laughs> maybe you're a little nervous. I am uh, Andy Kinsey from Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin, Indiana, and it's good to be with you this morning. I grew up in a little town called Mount Vernon, Indiana. It is down by the Ohio River. Does anyone know where it is? Oh, <laughs> well, okay. Do you know how to get there? That's the question, right? Well, that's where I was brought to faith and uh, continued to walk in the journey, and the song is so appropriate for this, mor this morning as we learn to journey together, especially as we take this Wesley challenge and as we grow in our faith and move out into the community in mission. I want to thank Aaron and Jerry for the invitation to come uh, this morning. Uh, and I want to congratulate Aaron on receiving a Lilly Grant. That is such a special gift, and uh, not only to Aaron and his family, but to you as a church. And I think it was 13 years ago I was able to take some time away, and it meant a great deal to me and to my family. So many blessings. Did you get one too, Jerry? <laughs> we'll work on that, okay? Seriously, that, that would be wonderful to, to have. Well, we are going to complete the Wesley Challenge today. Uh, I thought it would be good to focus on a wonderful story in the Gospel of Luke. It's the story of Mary and Martha that I think cuts to the chase about what it means to keep the main thing the main thing, the focus on that one good portion. And so it is the story of two sisters. Perhaps you know this story of Mary and Martha from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Hear now these words. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and liked, listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And so she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her, to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. Let's be in prayer together. O Lord, from the hour we first believed to the hour at hand, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our Redeemer, our refuge, and our friend. Amen. How many people here have seen the movie City Slickers? Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, great movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a classic with uh, Billy Crystal. And uh, perhaps you know the, the plot or the theme. 
about three longtime friends who are facing midlife crises of some sort, and they try to reignite that fire in their belly by going on a uh, dude ranch, and they sign up as cowboys to herd cattle, whereupon they meet the rough and tumble trail boss by the name of Curly. Now, it's Curly, of course, who fascinates the character that Billy Crystal plays. What is it about him that makes him so special? What makes him so compelling, so, so strong, so centered? Curly's response is telling, it's simple, and it's to the point. What makes life meaningful, he says, what makes life worth living, what gives life purpose is one thing, just one thing. And the rest of the movie is about Billy Crystal trying to figure out what that one thing is, just one thing. In the passage I read to you just a moment ago, we also find two people who are seeking to find out what makes life worth living. It's the ultimate story of Sister Act. Only in this story, we have two sisters by the name of Mary and Martha who are going about providing hospitality to Jesus. One sister, Martha, is going all around the house. She's up, she's down, she's doing all the work. As Jesus comes to the house, she wants to get everything ready. She's trying to get the meal prepared. She wants to get the table set. She wants to make sure the family room is picked up. The other sister, someone's laughing over here. <laughs> I know the feeling. The other sister, though, what's she doing? She's sitting quietly at Jesus' feet, listening to what he is saying, finding out more about him, not seeming to be bothered by all the busy work of Martha. It is the tale of two sisters. Martha is so wrapped up in the job that she's lost sight of who's in the room. Frustrated that her sister cannot see how busy she is. But Mary, she wants to know more. And so she sits and listens. Now both are providing hospitality, but both are going about it in a very different way. And I think both are necessary. And yet, as Jesus gently reminds Martha, it's not about getting anxious and upset. Rather, it's about focusing on giving time and attention and energy and heart to one thing. He says to one needful thing. That is, it's about one good portion, Jesus says. It's not about running around and doing this, doing that. Rather, it's about focusing on Jesus himself, the good portion. Now, over the last few weeks, you've all been focusing on the Wesley Challenge. And I applaud you for that. 
what a good thing. And when I read through the book that you're reading through, I was struck by the way the author went about providing this framework for the Christian life. A framework of moving upward and then inward and then outward. And he pretty much lays out how the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit works in our lives. Taking us from one state to another state and then out into the world. All in the power of the Spirit. The movement that the author describes points to one thing. To one thing, to Christ. The Wesley challenge is really about learning Christ and who he is and what he did and what he's about. It is about keeping the main thing the main thing. Learning amidst all of life's distractions to concentrate on God's great love in Christ poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whereby we let him affect us at every level of our being. Focus on the good portion. Learning Jesus means learning to sit at his feet. Paying attention to him. It's why I really liked reading those last questions in the book. And I appreciated how he draws our attention to how our attitudes, our demeanor, our character, our disposition affect how we go about relating to other people, practicing our mission. I really liked how he connected these questions to relationships. Because mission, dear friends, is all about relationships. At work, in school, in family, in church. It's about how we share in the love of Christ. And I sensed throughout these last few portions of the book that he really wanted us to examine ourselves. As Paul says in Romans, to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Rather to relate to each other as the song said so beautifully this morning in Christ-like ways. It's a message I shared a few weeks ago at Grace Church in Franklin. I said it is a missionary imperative today that the church, especially in North America, embodies a Christ-like spirit, that it carries out the character of Christ to live a virtue, virtuous life in Christ amidst a culture, dear friends, that I believe has lost its way. For why would anyone want to be a part of a church that does not live any differently than anyone else? Why bother with such a thing? It is a missionary imperative to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, generosity, and self-control. Or let's put it the way John Wesley was put it, would put it. It is a missionary imperative to walk as Jesus walked and to have the mind that was in Christ Jesus. 
what the Wesley challenge does is simply recenter us on that very point. And the last section of the book is about the outward movement of the Spirit and how the Spirit takes us out into relationships with others. Now, the word that we use today for this kind of mission focus is the word missional. It's a buzzword now. The word missional, and it simply means how we relate to other people in terms of our Christ-like character. How are we being a faithful presence of Christ wherever we are? When persons think about this church and this community, what comes to their mind? What's the first thing they think about? How is First Church Noblesville seeking to live into God's very mission of reconciling all things to Christ. In our current cultural climate, this is a challenge. This is huge. For we live in an age of constant distraction, division, and fragmentation. I can't speak for you, but I know how distracted I get every day. Does anyone else here get distracted with what's going on, or am I the only crazy one? Gosh. I go down this direction, only to get thrown off and go over here. And before I know it, I'm out of whack. I don't know where I am. I'm lost. I get hit from here, hit from that side. And I'm no longer centered on who I am. And I become fragmented and divided even within myself. Last year during Lent, I did something. I gave up social media. Have you ever done that? Do it. It's a great thing. My kids, who are all grown, were saying to me this, Dad, too much FOMO. I go, what's FOMO? I said, watch your mouths. And they said, it's fear of missing out, Dad. You're not going to miss out anything on Facebook. And you know something during that 40 days? They were right. I didn't miss a thing. And I hope you can do that too. The words that John Wesley uses for this kind of condition, this kind of a state of affairs, is the word dissipation. Hence the title of the sermon, The Great Dissipation. Is anyone here suffering from dissipation? I hope not. I know a lot of our Christians who suffer, suffer from something else, but that's another sermon. Wesley worried that the people called Methodist were becoming distracted from the main thing. That they were focused too much on wealth, too much on material things, too much on activities, too much on this, too much on that, rather than on Christ. And as Wesley saw it, the Methodists were forgetting God and forgetting how to practice what brought them into the very presence of God. And he was concerned how this 
changing economy of his day, of how they were becoming dissipated, distracted by all the things that were happening. It was a time of tremendous cultural change. The economy was shifting. People were migrating. And there was uncertainty in politics. Sound familiar? Now, to dissipate also means to evaporate, to dissolve, to melt into thin air. And John Wesley was concerned that the Methodists were losing sight of their first love and simply blending in with the rest of society. They could easily disappear. And he could see that they no longer had fire in their bellies. A passion for Christ, for mission, for embodying Jesus' own character. Instead, as he would put it in another sermon, they would become a part of the walking dead. Going through the motions without the presence and power of God. Read carefully that last section. And you will see that staying focused on the outward movement of the spirit of the Christian life assumes that you're staying connected to Christ, that you're staying alive in Christ. And you do that, dear friends, by practicing your faith in small groups. You participate in mission and outreach worship and sharing in the Lord's Supper, living out the virtues of the kingdom of God wherever you are, sharing and giving and fellowship and prayer. But above all, you keep the main thing, the main thing. Pay attention to Christ and sit at his feet. Even go about bragging about Jesus. Like the little girl in Sunday school one day whose parents asked her how things went in class and what the teacher's name was. And the little girl said, I don't know what her name was. I, I don't remember. Well, what do you remember about her? Well, the little girl said, I think she was Jesus' grandma. Now, now, why do you think that? Because all she did was hold up a picture of Jesus and brag about him. <laughs> well, dear friends here at Noblesville First, may that be so with you. Keeping the main thing the main thing. And paying attention to the good portion. To Jesus Christ himself. Amen.